from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back. It's the middle of the week, Chiefs Kingdom. And yes, you're still enjoying that Browns victory. The Bills are coming at you here very quickly. We're going to get into all the details with Matt and Derek today. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. We have plenty to go there, whether it's going to be Chad Henney or it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Matt and I just finished a little while ago a lot of in-depth thought about how the two things change and what else has to go on around it. We have some news for you right now. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Let's just go ahead and dive into the news. Uh, we do have some news about Patrick Mahomes. Sounds like he's on his way to clearing concussion protocol, perhaps. Uh, there are still more steps to come, but he is doing what is needed to be done right now. Yeah, and it looks like he cleared a couple of things. We got some information from Therese. We got some information from CDOT about how most of the post-injury uh, questions were answered correctly and that kind of thing. One thing precluded him from the game. I think because of the protocol itself, he wasn't going to come back anyway. But I think that sets it up for it to, again, we're confident that it is most likely he will be back, but he's not there yet. There's rumor that he may try to practice on Wednesday. Uh, we hope that he does. But we still have to consider about, like, there's still a possibility that he doesn't make it back. That's true. And honestly, the bigger thing here with him is you got to make sure he's right. You can't put him back in there if he's not. And I fully trust Andy Reid and the coaching staff and, more importantly, the people in charge of, you know, the health of players uh, to make that decision right and and not base it off of feel of the need for him to play this game. So uh, I, I have full faith in the staff for that. Yeah, I do now, too. If we were in Los Angeles, that might be a different story, but well, there's that, um, but you know, and you also have to figure that um, he's going to be doing everything he can too. I think at the end of the day, we probably will see him on the field against the bills, but uh, we won't say that that's going to happen until we know what's going to happen folks. So, Keep it locked on, and we'll tell you tomorrow and the next day and the next day everything that we know. That's not the only thing going on today, though. No, it's really not. And honestly, one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I saw this at 2.30 in the morning or 3 in the morning last night, uh, PFF Draft tweeted out that the Chiefs have three of the four top-rated rookies left in the NFL playoffs. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, Clyde, Willie Gay, which impressed me. I couldn't believe he was up there, and Sneed, of course. Well, and I'll tell you the other thing. All three of them were very high in the athletic matrix, too, because as a rookie, I think all of them have relied on their athleticism in some shape or form. Absolutely, and you look at this, and I'm really impressed by what Veach did with this draft, and I think that this really shows you that the Chiefs are built to be sustained long-term. Obviously, you you don't build a roster around three specific players, uh, but this is a good starting point. I mean, especially at corner when that is one of the foundational pieces. It is. I mean, and it gives you the, the hope that, I mean, you're not always going to knock it out of the park and have a, a year two starter on your hands um, in the fourth round every year. But it, it does show that Brett Veach and his staff can find what they need in order to have some chance of getting that done. Um, not to mention the fact that it looks like in the next few years, there's a serious possibility of getting additional third round picks as well. Uh, anything in the top 100 can pay off in a, in a starter-level player, to tell you the truth. You're a little bit more optimistic about that than I am at this point. Uh, I think I'm really kind of surprised that BNME decided he was going to interview for the Houston job, personally. Yeah, I, as an afterthought, I would have probably been against it myself. But 
We'll see what comes down. You never know what's going to happen. And we'll find out what Matt thinks in either scenario. Henny or Mahomes coming up next. You're unique and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who will listen to you learn about your unique tax situations and answer your questions. And on top of that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and you want some reassurance from your expert that you're doing the right thing. Maybe you're now self-employed and you need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd just rather have an expert file your taxes for you so that you can focus on what matters most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live tax experts can answer your questions, give tax advice, review your return before you file, and even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live, file with the help of an expert or let the expert file for you. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, but we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out exclusively at BlueNile.com. It's midweek, so you don't want to listen to me. You want to hear from Matt Derrick from Chiefs Digest. And luckily, we have him. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm fighting the urge to say things I shouldn't because... You're, you're more giddy than you were after the game Sunday night. You were... Yeah, I was, I was trying to be serious. <laughs> trying to, I was trying to be a journalist. Um, now I'm just like... Man, they lost the best player in the league, and they still pulled it off. Like, they can do anything. There's um, some confidence. <laughs> there you go. I mean, and there's got to be, right? Like, that that seems to be the theme for me the last few days. How are you feeling? Like, when you take a step back from all that, and the fact that, that they lost Mahomes, and quite frankly, I think that they, they would have scored more points, but they weren't, like, blowing the doors off at the time either. Like, how do you feel about if on the, the off chance he cannot play, that, how do you feel like they're they're poised? Yeah, I mean, on the off chance that he can't, it's an uphill battle. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And there's going to have to be a little bit of overcoming the emotion, too, because I I think the expectation is that they are going to have Patrick Mahomes. So if they were to lose him and not have it, then, yeah, I mean, I mean, that might just be a little bit too much. But we've talked about this before. I mean, this Chiefs team, it's not the 2008 Indianapolis Colts. I mean, this is not a team that if it loses Patrick Mahomes is two and 14 and life is over. Um, you know, this is, you know, I guess, you know, 2007 Patriots. I mean, the chiefs lose Patrick Mahomes. They could go 11 and five. I mean, it's still a playoff caliber team. I mean, I think the floor for this team, if they had Chad Henney as their starting quarterback for the entire seasons, no, 10 and six, nine yeah. and seven kind of thing. I mean, you know, so this is not, that's not, not that's not what this team is. So yeah, I mean, I, I, could they get by with one game if they had to and win it? Yes. But I mean, I do think that, you know, Mahomes alone is the difference between being the underdog and being the favorite in this game. 
Well, and I think in particular, on reflection of what Henny was able to do while he was in, yes, there was one gross interception. Andy fell off the sword for that one. I'm not sure if I buy that, but it is what it is. That said, the, the breadth of, of that time in the game, I felt like he showed a few things. Like, we're not going to get 40-yard bombs. We're not going to get the Mahomes-esque thing, but that 12 to 18 range I think is very doable. And when you have targets like Tyreek Hill on crossing patterns, when you have pivot routes from Travis Kelsey, the quarterback isn't the guy making the bulk of those things happen, I think, in an offense led by Chad Henney. Yeah, I mean, they have the weapons, so they're still going to do things. But you're right. I mean, there's certain throws that you're, you, you're not going to see Chad Henney make. I mean, nobody in the league is going to make some of the throws that Mahomes does. But what I think is interesting is that, you know, especially at least in that portion of the time that we saw with Henney, the playbook was a lot more open than it was in week 17. I mean, you could not see that there was a distinct line of saying, okay, well, Mahomes is out, so we're going to dial back the playbook. And, and to a, to a, who a T, I mean, you know, Henny Marie have said that, you know, hey, no, there wasn't any changing of the game plan here. We had what we called. Um, they put things in for both quarterbacks, so they're obviously ready for that. But, you know, I think the week 17 offense that you saw was pure vanilla. I mean, that was just specifically. Let's get through this. They weren't trying to do anything fancy. I mean, frankly, I don't even think you can say they were trying to win in week 17. They were just trying to facilitate the game and get through it. Um, but you saw, I mean, they're they're willing to do things with Chad Henning. The fact that they're willing to put the game in Chad Henning's hands on fourth and inches and let him throw the football, it tells you about the faith that they have in him, you know, the belief that he can run any play in the book. No, he's not going to throw into some of these windows and he's not going to throw any 80-yard bombs, but they're not afraid to, to to let him run the Mahomes playbook. And we'll talk in the next segment about like what it'll look like if Patrick's here. But if he's not, I think the key component is that in the room, week in, week out, day in, day out, as they're you know contriving these new plays, or they're trying to piece together what they're going to put in the game plan for that week, Chad Henney's somebody that Patrick can bounce things off of. And I think we got a better idea post-game of some of the comments of just how involved he is in that process, where maybe it, in my head, at least he, he might've been more of a bystander of watching the process rather than participating in it. Yeah. And I, and I think that's something interesting is, and I was, I was talking about this with someone a couple of weeks ago when Eric Bianami was starting to get into the interviewing and, and people outside Kansas city saying, you know what? Everything is Andy Reid in Kansas City. So Eric Benemy is not that involved in the play calling and the play design. No, I mean, this and this has been going on in Kansas City for since Andy Reid arrived. I mean, yeah, does Andy Reid have 51 percent ownership and therefore his is going to be the loudest voice and he's going to be making the final calls? Absolutely. But he makes it a collaborative process. I mean, everybody's got a little bit of a voice in the game plan. I mean, and it's not even just Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka. I mean, he goes out of his way to talk about guys like Joe Blameyer being a part of it, uh, Corey Matei. I mean, the other assistants, Greg Lewis, Andy Heck. I mean, everybody's involved in this in some way. And when they put together the final game plan and they do that, that this late night discussion on Saturday before the game of going through and saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's not Andy Reid telling them, hey, you know what, it's fourth and one late. Here's the play that we're going to run. It's, okay, what do we like in these situations? Let's go through them all. Let's find out. And they want a consensus on everything. So, I mean, and Chad Henney talked about that, that that play to Tyreek Hill for the end, that was one that 
they knew Saturday night they were going to run. They decided it as collectively as a group. This wasn't Andy Reid on the sideline saying, you know what? Let's run this. Right. The Chiefs knew that they were in that situation. Everybody on the field, up in the press box, <laughs> everyone on the sideline knew that's what they were going to do. Well, and I think that goes to show you that that's how a backup quarterback can be most comfortable if there is that complete agreement on what that play ought to have been, not having a pull it out of the back pocket the last second kind of thing. Now, he didn't get the practice reps, but he knew it was coming. And I think that mentally at least allows him to prepare for this is where we're going to go. That said, this week could be very different if Patrick isn't cleared. And certainly, we don't know what's going to happen Wednesday by the time folks are listening to this. He might get a day's worth of practice in. How do you think that they change that in order to maybe sculpt towards Chad in a bit? Yeah, it's, it is curious. I mean, it'll depend on just how much if, you know, Mahomes does participate in practice. I think that it, it changes it a little bit. But and I hate I'm going to use a phrase that I hate. It's one of my f- least favorite football cliches. And I'm going to just punch myself when I say it. Mental reps. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally <laughs> I just roll my eyes whenever a football player says mental reps. But you know what? This is a situation where it actually makes sense and it actually is a deal because, you know, if Patrick Mahomes did not take a snap of practice this week, I still wouldn't have any problems rolling him out there on Sunday because he won. He's going to know the game plan up and down. Mm -hmm. He's going to probably have run every single play at least once at some point during the season, Um, even if he's not. I mean, you know, you watch Mahomes. You guys have seen him at training camp. You he'll be back there and just watching the backup quarterbacks working along. You'll see him sometimes even just acting like he was in the pocket. I mean, uh, quarterbacks that are dedicated to their craft will do that. I mean, they will watch practice and they will sit there and try to see what they see and act like what would they be doing if they were in that that situation. And between that and the game plan prep and and all of the meetings that they do, even if they are on Zoom now, I mean, yeah, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a game plan one that's prepared for both quarterbacks, and two, they're gonna have a quarterback because those two guys are pros and know what they're doing, they're going to, and veterans, I mean, you know, at this point, I'll call, I'll call Patrick Mahomes a veteran because frankly, he puts in enough work and enough note taking and enough research and enough film watching that he's not 25 years old. I mean, I'd, I'd almost call him a 30 year old vet at this point. You got two guys who know what they're doing. And I think either one of them at this point could certainly roll out of bed on a Sunday without a week of practice and run this offense. I, I certainly hope so. And there's there's more aspect to it. I think we'll take a look because I think we both feel it's leaning the opposite direction that we both feel that Patrick probably is going to be available. Well, you still want to supplement him. So after this, I think we'll get into some of the details there. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Lock On Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going over everything you need to know. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Are you ready for some football? The playoffs here, the postseason is already rumbling in the NFL. It's a really exciting time to be an NFL fan, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today and get a free account on betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKDOWN for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Go check out Bet Online AG. Now, one thing that we spent a lot of time talking about, Chad, and the if, because I think it is a 50 50 situation. And 
those things are always kind of a toss up. There are ways that you can supplement both of them. Certainly if it's Henny, I think the run game becomes more important for me. When I, I've taken a brief look, I haven't watched the whole game and all the running plays, but I was impressed that they were able to get interior movement uh, with Daryl in that game against a defensive front that I think was uh, probably focused on the pass more than most, uh, obviously rushing for most of the time. But when you take a look at it, do you take away from that, whether Clyde's there or not, that they can help Henny or Mahomes with the run game and be more successful against the Bills? Yeah, and you know, and I took away maybe a little bit in watching that game that we really underestimated the toll that this season had taken on that offensive line, even with the guys who are just in there, and how much maybe they just needed that mental break and physical rest for a week or two. Because I thought that was the sharpest that offensive line has looked in a long time. I mean, especially early. Um, first half, I mean, there was a lot of clean pockets. I mean, there was not much pressure there at all. And yeah, the Chiefs were also getting rid of the ball quickly. That that helped. But there were also holes that haven't been there in the run game a lot lately. And this you're right. This wasn't Clyde going out there and making guys miss behind the line of scrimmage and still getting six yards. Um, This was, you know, Daryl Williams finding a hole for eight and turning it into 12. I mean, you know, this this was, you know, I thought an overall really well, you know, rounded effort from that offensive line. So I think that part of that maybe is simply that this line needed that break. They needed some time off. I mean, certainly some guys were dinged up and there's no doubt offensive line, defensive line guys. I mean, those guys take the brunt of it at week in and week out. So by the end of the season, they're drained. Um, but I think that's a little bit of it. And two, you know, I still don't subscribe to the theory that Andy Reid holds anything back. I mean, I think that, you know, it's like I've said, I mean, it's a symphony. I mean, he's always trying to build on it and maybe they're going to do things differently in the postseason because that's just the, the natural course. That's the evolution of what he wants to do. Um, but, you know, I, I thought they were maybe just a little bit more creative in the ground game because it certainly mm-hmm. seemed like they were creating opportunities that hadn't been there lately. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to breaking down the dance that they did. But that's not the only thing. And when we take a look, and again, folks, we both are fairly confident that we're going to see Patrick this week and, and in this game. That said, you're down to eight quarters of football for another championship and you're down to the point where I fully expect had they needed it last week, I'm sure they would have done it. But I I think if Patrick is back in there, you want to continue that trend of trying to get the ball out quickly. Let's not allow him to get hit as much. I think uh, while the RPO, I'm certain will still be there. I don't think it's going to be run quite as much, but one thing that I was really interested to see is they laid all this groundwork with the, the quarterback motion plays And I feel like that's something in the red zone that we are going to see in these next eight quarters. I don't know when it's going to be, but I feel like they have to have another wrinkle or three. Um, And maybe that protects Patrick as well. Is that something that you expect to see here? Yeah, you know, and that's that is curious because, you know, I probably go back. And if you wanted to an idea about what the Chiefs might try and do offensively, I tell you what, I mean, probably look to that Tennessee game last year when Mahomes came back after the knee injury. And remember, that was also a pretty effective game that day. Um, but they did a lot of moving Mahomes out of the pocket, you know, to, to keep him from taking too many shots. Um, did not have much designed runs for him, which mm-hmm. that would not surprise me if, you know, maybe you don't see the sprint option this week. Um, it's Mahomes, so he's still going to take off and, you know, put the put put his feet in the, on the ground if he has to. But I think you'll probably see a little bit less of that. But will you see them try to move him around? I think absolutely. And you're right. I mean, um, 
you know, I think that stuff, the, the things that you're talking about there, I mean, I think those are really, those are really their effective red zone tricks. And I think they will go to them if they need to. Um, but, you know, I, I think also, I mean, I, I, this, this group is extremely confident right now. So I feel like, and, and, and still even, and looking back even more at that game on Sunday, I mean, I, we even talked about it in the pod after that game, Andy Reid, just, I mean, that play, that whole thing, and I, I don't want to put it on just Reid, but, you know, that play, the offensive game plan that they had was dead perfect. I mean, there wasn't really a clunker in the bunch. There was some, you know, mis-execution at times, but I mean, they had it dialed up and if they're able to do that again this week against Buffalo, uh, I, I think you're probably looking at another similar performance. I, I have the same feeling and I go back to the fact that while a lot of the, the national press want to lean on is that how the evolution of the Bills has gone forward and, and more power to them. They have improved as a football team, but let's not forget that they were able to dominate them in the run game against the Bills earlier this season. So I think, again, protecting Patrick, you can probably pepper that in a bit more. Now, granted, they didn't have Phillips in that game, if I remember correctly, and I think he will uh, be available here. So their fronts may be a little bit more stout, but the the back and forth between <laughs> a, a former employee of Andy Reid and going against the mentor yet again, because it feels like this tree is so big that we're going to be doing this every week, but how do you see the evolution of the one-two punch, given what we've seen already this season with these two teams? Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I keep looking at that, and I was, you know, I'm looking back at that that week six game, and you know, I mean, the the Bills weren't playing terrible at that point. I mean, obviously they've been solid all season long, and and, and Josh Allen was already looking good at that point, and they made Allen look just absolutely terrible that night and and that offense i mean i i still go back that that was not a 26 17 game i mean it felt like it was a three score football game um and, and some of that's because i think that certainly the chiefs probably left some points on the field um but you know the, defensively i mean it was an all-around fantastic performance and you know and some of that is i still think that I still, as as good as Josh Allen has been this season, as much as I will confess that I completely blew it on Josh Allen because he's proved me wrong when I thought that he had no chance of being this good as a quarterback. He's proved me wrong, so I'm going to give him that. I still haven't seen it on the big stage. You know, I he was pretty ordinary last week against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in that primetime game against the Chiefs, that was your coming out party, and it did not go well. I still need Josh Allen against a big time opponent like Mahomes in a big stage to come out and throw for 300 yards. Cause until I see it, I mean, I think you're just going to continue to question if he's ready yet. I mean, if that's, if he's actually progressed that far, I think he can do it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think eventually at some point he will, but there's a period of time, a young quarterback with Mahomes being obviously the exception (laughs) that, you know what? Sometimes the stage can be a little bit too big for you. So I kind of need to see that, but you know, to me, I mean, I, 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 I think that we're going to see a little bit of the same themes, you know, play out from that that first game, that first matchup. Although I got to think that the that Buffalo is absolutely going to have a different defensive game plan because what they did in Week Six did not work, and it will not work this week either. Yeah, I, I have to think so as well. I think they might try to press, especially if Patrick's in there. They might try to press him a little bit early just to see if they can get something on him. There's there's a lot of people that feel that he might be rusty or something like that, or just general fog. I'm not expecting that. We'll know more when he practices this week. But for me, the big thing about Allen trying to compete is going up against 
what was a recharged and quite frankly, a, a very nasty secondary that the Chiefs put out on the field. It, it wasn't all Tyron Matthew. No disservice to Tyron, but everybody contributed and made some plays. The question for me is, they did that. They, I think they can do it again. They have some steeper hills to climb, uh, particularly with Stefan Diggs. But I think it comes back to the the other leg of a defensive stand is the front. And we didn't see enough pressure last week. Do you think they can change that versus this Bills offensive line? I mean, I think they can. And, you know, and obviously some of it's always going to be with Steve Spagnuolo. It's going to be the blitz because that's what, you know, really kind of bailed him out last week, which were just some really well-timed blitzes. Um, you're right. I mean, I think that the, the pass rush has definitely underperformed and it did again last week and just not getting enough productivity. We're talking all about Mahomes' injury and we're not talking enough about Bashad Breland and where he's at because that he's still in the concussion protocol. We haven't gotten any indication of where he is and if he's out of it yet. So you got to hope by, you know, Wednesday afternoon that we've got an understanding of where he is and there's a sign he's going to play because if not, remember Rashad Fenton's been dealing with, you know, a f- a injuries on both feet. Uh, one's a foot, one's an ankle issue. So he's not been a hundred percent. Didn't play this past week. Um, you know, if, if, if this results in, you know, luxurious Sneed being, you know, maybe seen a little bit more on Stefan Diggs. But who are you going to put on Cole Beasley in the slot? Right. You know, I mean, suddenly you're running out of bodies. And that's where if if the Chiefs don't have those two guys in particular, Breland and Fenton, and frankly, even if they only have one of them, they got some challenges, especially at that one that they don't have is Breland. But if they have don't have both those guys, Spagnolo is going to have to really be creative in that secondary because they're really going to be starting to hurt now. And two, he's got to be able to get production from the front four, because if they have to depend on bringing five or six to get pressure, that's not enough bodies to cover that receiving group that the Bills have. For me, it makes it sound like, and I agree with you completely, without Fenton and Breland, that means Snead's got to go outside. And it means, honestly, the best option is to bring Tyron down into the slot. I, I do not see Hamilton playing well and surviving very well in there. But then that brings up the question is, how do you play your dime? with just Sorensen and Thornhill, who do you bring in? And do you have confidence that that's the way that they would want to go? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's intriguing. And, you know, and honestly, I mean, what I felt like we kind of saw a little bit um, on Sunday, and I guess it had been moving in this direction, but, you know, we talked about this defense last year with Kendall Fuller and what the Chiefs did. And honestly, I mean, I felt like on Sunday, what we saw was Kendall Fuller being replaced by Legereus Sneed and Juan Thornhill. I mean, they were on the field sometimes at the same time, but, you know, really they were kind of using Steve Spagnuolo was kind of using both those guys to fill that kind of role to give them some flexibility and to be able to do different things. And you're absolutely right. I mean, if you take Tyron Matthew and you have to put him in the slot, you know, you take away now a huge part of this defense's ability to create confusion and chaos because now you can't move Matthew around. You can't, you know, give him the flexibility to maybe – do as many things because you at this point right now, they're back to a little bit of what they did last year was Matthew can line up anywhere on the field that they want him. And when you've got to account for where that guy is and it can he can be anywhere at any given time, that's completely different than when you know that 90 percent of the time he's going to be in a slot and really limits it. So, yeah, I mean, that's that would be a huge blow if that if that's the case. Um, it does take away so much of their flexibility and what they can do. Um, but you know, I, I'll say this, I mean, Sneed has really come along and, you know, and, and how much trust that they have with him and what he can do. 
Yeah, I mean, I do wonder. I mean, you know, if if they were to leave him out there, I assume that there's a chance they might even just consider, you know, yeah, Sneed would move outside in the base, but they might even just leave him inside in the nickel just because I think he's been it's been so good there. Mm -hmm. And again, allows you to leave Tyron where he can make the most out of his positionality. But (laughs) there's all kinds of ifs, wins and maybes. We should know more information tomorrow, folks. We'll try to check back in. Uh, maybe we can even get Matt back later before the game. We'll, we'll find out. I got to twist some arms, but I appreciate taking all the extra time today. Thank you. Of course, Ryan. Anytime, man. Folks, we'll have more for you tomorrow. There's a crossover. Joe Marino is going to be back from the Draft Network as well as Locked On Bills. Hope you're looking forward to that. Thanks for listening to us today. We'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.